Hello. Hello! You're listening to Green Minds at Imperial College. A podcast that explores topics related to climate change and sustainability. I'm Adina Molnar. And I'm Adam Eisenberg, your host for this show. We're two master's students at Imperial College Business School in London. Each episode, we are sitting down with guest speakers to talk about a specific topic within the field of sustainability and their insights on how to make an impact. We hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is about individual climate action. We're happy to have Felicia Aminov from Spark Sustainability with us. Woohoo! There's no question <laughs> that climate change is one of the biggest challenges of our time. One of the largest con- contributors to anthropogenic or man-made climate change is the increase in greenhouse gas emissions, such as carbon dioxide and methane. Many people are concerned and want to do something about it, but think that they are too small to make a change and often don't know where to begin on a personal level. However, according to a recent study by Carbon Trust, consumers' purchasing decisions are the ultimate driver of carbon emissions in an economy. In fact, it's estimated that between 60 to 80 percent of global emissions stem from personal consumption, so it's clear that our daily decisions and consumption patterns affect the lives of future generations. With us today is Felicia Aminov, one of the founders of Spark Sustainability, a Finnish initiative aiming to inspire grassroots climate action. Spark empowers people all around the world to be part of the solution to climate change. Hi, everyone. I'm really happy to be here today. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Just to start off, um, can you tell us more about Spark Sustainability, what you guys do and how the idea came about? Yeah, of course. Um, So Spark has been about since February this year. So it's quite new. Uh, We're a team of four people that started it. And our aim is to educate and inspire individual climate action. So Mm -hmm. the whole idea was basically came from that if you listen to sort of any business debate, any policy discussion, it's always like, oh, we'd love to do this, but the consumers or the voters. So it seemed to us that climate change is really addressed on a technological level, mm-hmm. like in many businesses and government and so on. But no one really like tries to address um, like personal action. There are some charities that do this, but they're kind of like focused on, on some niche thing and no one gives that sort of overview of what are all the different aspects where all our emissions come from so yeah we wanted to provide that so it's also it's more about personal action as in what you do in your everyday life but also about how you can influence corporations or governments yeah exactly yeah that's like the the whole idea behind it is that consumers are ultimately the drivers of corporate decisions so if you choose to for example start buying oat milk instead of normal milk like you know supply and demand yeah can you kind of walk us through where most of emissions come from kind of on an individual basis yeah for sure um so now spark's current data is is based on finnish data and this where our emissions come from on an individual level will obviously depend on from country to country so in like the northern hemisphere uh heating of buildings is uh, like obviously mm-hmm. a big part whereas if you live somewhere further south that's maybe cooling instead so so i think it's just important that we bear in mind that what i go through now is based on sort of like nor- northern european and i mean i guess uh, could be uh, applied to North America as well. Um, so yeah, heating is one of the biggest ones. Um, then aviation, 
time. Yes. <laughs> Holidays, business, whatever.、Um, then driving a car. I would say、um, these are like the top tr- three ones. If you have a big house or if you go on like a couple holidays per year or if you like drive a car on a daily basis. But not everyone does this. If you live in like a tiny flat in a city,、uh, then your biggest footprint might come from consumption actually. So from buying new clothes, new electronics, like those two are actually、um, quite big sources of, of carbon emissions that we don't really think about. You're just like, oh, this is a t shirt. or... I need a new laptop, but it's quite resource intensive, all the little components and materials that go into making this.、Um, then, food. Obviously, we all need to eat. And there, I think,、um, this is probably not news to anyone who has followed the news over the past years that that、uh, more plant based diet is generally、uh, lower in emissions.、Mm. And yeah, yeah there's a lot of、um, attention around that,、mm. um, especially in the recent months about, with the IPCC report coming out and just more attention given, given to the environment. Yeah.、Um, and I read a lot about flexitarianism and vegetarianism and how much that contributes. So I think it's gaining a lot of momentum in media as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's good that the whole like, flexitarianism thing is coming up because actually, like, what's. Um, currently, in, in Spark's calculator, we have like a very simplified question where you're like meat eater, sort of omnivore, or vegetarian, vegan.、Um, but like, if you actually go into detail, just reducing your consumption of red meat and especially beef、mm-hmm. has already an enormous impact、uh, that you can kind of like from a climate point of view, you can keep eating chicken and it's not the worst.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so by flexitarian, we mean people who eat meat sometimes, but it's not their main source of protein, so to say, or、yeah. they don't necessarily eat red meat, but they're not vegetarians or、no. as labeled. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think like, the term can obviously be interpreted、oh, differently、sure. by different people, but generally it's sort of like maybe eating vegetarian food on the like, weekdays and then. Indulging in a bit of、mm-hmm. nice ham on the weekend, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I try to be a flexitarian, but sometimes it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so, why is red meat so bad? What is, what is the reason? Why does that drive emissions?、Um, so, yeah, here we go into like sort of agricultural details, but、uh, cows、uh, produce methane,、um, like the ways animals use energy,、mm-hmm. like basically like convert energy,、mm-hmm. like so. Eat grass and convert it into meat, it's like you lose a lot of like energy on the way. So、mm-hmm. it's not as efficient as if like the humans just ate the plants directly. So that would obviously not be grass, but you could grow something else there.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Adina, we took the test. How about you walk everyone through kind of your carbon footprint? And for starters, I took the test and I got 7,500. Uh, kilograms of、mm-hmm. emissions.、Um, And you have your details. I'm too embarrassed to show mine in front of me. No,、um, Do you want to walk our、yeah. uh, guests through yours? I'm actually very close to yours. I'm at 7,000.、Um, I don't know how far that is from the average, if there's an average. Yeah, there's.、Uh, so the average obviously depends on per country again.、Mm-hmm. So、um, the Finnish average、uh, of this 
carbon calculator, which we call the carbon donor, mm-hmm. um, is between 7,000 and 8,000 kilograms. Okay. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to like walk you through a little bit what that number means before we go into okay. your Perfect. details. So uh, because the carbon donut calculator is based on calculating only emissions you can actually control with your consumption decisions, mm-hmm. it means that if you just look at, for example, Finland, um, like all the emissions and you divide them on the population, that's uh, around 11,000 um, kilograms or 10 to 11,000 but like some of that is stuff like the government constructing roads or whatever and that's not something you can that easily see an impact of like I mean y- if you take the bus or a car like both drive on that road so you mm-hmm. can't really like allocate that to individuals on a like other than just put it on the whole population but uh, that's more like long-term political decision-making Whereas all the emissions we put in here are just things that, you know, immediately if you make a decision, you can see it in the numbers here. So this calculator doesn't include all emissions, uh, but it includes the emissions that you can control. And we see this as a, like a powerful tool of telling people uh, what is like the impact in numbers when okay. they make a decision. So it's really the emissions you control, so it's your everyday decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, would, for example, building um, a house or no. the construction of your house? No, that's not okay. in there. So that's not in there either. It's no. just the electricity and heat that you yeah, use. Exactly. Your, okay. So, but yeah. the size of your house would, would mm. be influence. included. Exactly. Right, would influence. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, that like heating, obviously, you need more energy for heating if you have a bigger house. A lot of people like live in buildings that were constructed like... 30 years ago um so like sort of trying to today somehow measure the impact of that can just become a bit confusing for mm-hmm. an individual do you think at some point you would have um when your kind of flat or house was built as the kind of the systems you use to to heat up like my flat for example um uses a lot more uh, energy to heat up than my parents for example. Um, yeah, I think the the problem, uh, like a lot of ca- carbon calculators do that. But the problem about that is, again, that it can vary a lot. So even if your house is built in, in say, like 1902, it might have been renovated. True. Um, mm. So it's, yeah, like there are, there are obviously official schemes for rating the energy efficiency of a house. So but the problem is, like, if you just want to make it easy and informative for people to fill out, mm-hmm. like, not everyone knows the energy rating of their for building. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember when I was flat hunting in London, all the advertisements um, actually said what the energy efficiency was. So you really have to look into it to see. And I don't, I don't think many people today make a decision of, of buying a house based on that or renting a flat no unfortunately not but Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah basically like when you fill out the calculator you just put in um like if you know your electricity or consumption in like kilowatt hours you can Mm -hmm. actually like fill in that number and say you have electrical heating and you have a very energy inefficient house that number will just be higher you can find that number on your energy bill 
Okay. So basically, based on what you were describing in um, the beginning of our talk, is that one of the biggest um, sources of emission is heat and electricity, which obviously I can control to some extent. I'm actually just um, switching to 100% renewable electricity supplier, which I'm very excited about. Um, in terms of how much heating I use, obviously that depends on my flat as well. Um, however, flights is something that in the carbon donut. Oh, that's my big one too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if you if you do well, your Adam is from the states, so for you to come all the way to London, even just one trip a year, um, is probably gonna increase your footprint. But obviously, it's not something that you can really be blame blamed for. Right, I had um, to get here to start school <laughs> somehow. Get the boat. Yeah, <laughs> take the boat months. Yeah. So for me, as I see, um, my largest share is flights which is 33 percent of my whole emissions which is um 7,000 kilograms so seven tons um and then consumption is the second biggest which i was actually kind of surprised by because i try to shop consciously um but i think even then you don't see how much goes into it as you said the production of your electronics or your clothes um let alone food uh i think on the food front it's um it's only 17% of my footprint, um, which seems to be pretty low compared to yeah. the other yeah. um, parts. And then transportation, I think, f is quite small for me. It's just 1% of, of my whole donut because I live in a big city. I bike or I take the bus or, or the tube. I don't really use a car unless I'm, um, I have to go to the countryside. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so good. that's that was my carbon donut. Um, I think it's very cool for everyone to to see and to be aware of their emissions or even just their choices because it's gonna make you think about your decisions mm -hmm. every day. Yeah, yeah, everyone go to Spark's website, check it out, <laughs> let's see your own carbon donut. Yay. We'll post the website in the uh, in the show notes. So actually, one one more question um, on that topic would be. How can people, besides changing their everyday behavior, offset their carbon emissions? Are there schemes that, that you know about that people can get involved in? Um, yeah, so I personally um, offset my flights, and I've used a couple of different services. Um, I think that's something we could include in the in the notes as well. Um, the, I'd say the only problem with offsetting is that there are so many different schemes, and there's no, like... Um, like general rule or, or whatever to to sort of rank them or rate them or whatever. But why I still think it's always worth uh, offsetting is that like even if it's hard to calculate the exact offsetting emission of say planting trees, donating money to things like planting trees or any sustainable development project is always a step in the right direction. So sometimes like some of these schemes get criticized but in the end like they do a lot of good things even mm. if it's hard to say exactly how that's related to a specific flight or something like that but yeah i'll send you a few links afterwards excellent yeah i think in europe you can also do that when you're taking the train um you also have an option to pay one or two euros more and then your um trip is going to be offset yeah exactly yeah. in the same with for example flix bus okay um and stuff like that but yeah surprisingly few flight companies actually offer offsetting when you book a ticket but i think that's something that's probably going to 
change again because maybe enough consumers will email all of airlines <laughs> and be like, hello, we want this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So what are kind of the other low-hanging low fruit um, people can do that would have the most impact? Um, yeah, uh, well, I think it depends a lot of like sort of your life situation. So I think the biggest impact, uh, which is like takes the least time, is just to not fly. But for some people, that's just not really an option. For example, for you, Adam, like going to the States without flying is is a big hassle. But if you're just going on holiday, you can, for example, like do a train holiday in your near region and like explore something that you hadn't seen before. Because mm -hmm. I know I had a friend who went to New Zealand to go hiking and she had lived in Norway before. And she was like, no, in New Zealand are actually surprisingly alike. And then it's funny that, like, you know, people fly all across the world to go hike um, without having been to Norway, which is just maybe one hour flying away. Mm. So uh, that's a big one. Then, I mean, even just if you can't give up meat, do a meat-free Monday. Like, yeah. that's so easy. Like, anyone can do that. And then when it comes to consumption, I'd say, like, the easiest first step, which is good not only for your emissions reduction but anyways to like stop making those stupid like on a whim shopping decisions so <laughs> like make a rule for yourself for example like if you like something like you know ask the store to keep it overnight and if you don't really think about it the next day then you're like oh maybe I don't need it so like making little rules for yourself um, to cut out the most extreme consumption at first is also something everyone can do. What about online food shopping? Um, online food shopping, I think the good thing about that is uh, you often plan better if you shop food online. If you're in the supermarket, you might just be like, oh, I'll buy this and this and this mm -hmm. and end up creating food waste. And actually, I think it's like on a global scale, something like a third of all food is wasted, wow. yeah. like from, from field to table. Um, so yeah, that's also like avoid just buying food on a whim and actually plan so that you don't throw anything away. And, and I think online food shopping is like, um, it obviously depends on, on the company, like what trucks they use to transport out the food, but, but that's, yeah, that's an individual case. Otherwise I think it can, can work for some. Yeah. I was actually just going to bring up online shopping in general. So if you buy something from Amazon also apart from your the emissions of the product that you buy it's also the transportation that maybe if you went to the store would not be um, there so what do you think of that do you encourage people um, to do online shopping because it's so convenient these days a lot of people yeah. there's a lot of people um, I think that depends on a couple different things um, so first of all um, if you're outside of a city, you might drive, or even in some cities, you might drive to a shopping center or a mall um, to go shopping. Mm -hmm. And then you driving there and driving back to your house is actually more inefficient than one truck doing like an optimized route mm -hmm. and going to, um, yeah, deliver stuff to people's homes. Um, Interesting. But that makes me feel better about my Amazon habit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think then again, like looking at the specific company you're buying from, 
um, can make a difference. So I was ordering these food boxes, for example, last year, which were delivered by an electric car. And that was like, you know, advertised by the company and so on. Um, so Amazon is unfortunately not yet doing that much on this front. Mm -hmm. Also, another tip to do with online shopping is to never really pick next day delivery. Because if you leave them like a week time to like schedule your delivery, they can optimize it a lot better and deliver like a lot of stuff to the same area. Uh, but if you want it like right now, like that means it's di more difficult for them mm -hmm. to like optimize the deliveries. And so emissions can be actually quite different between like next day delivery and say next week delivery. Um, and the other thing is obviously like if you're you're thinking of ordering many products at the same time, then the transport like combined for them like makes emissions lower per product. Um, and the third thing is like try to not do the whole, I'll order three different sizes and then return them mm -hmm. because the whole return like traffic and transport, that's like quite unnecessary emissions. And, and a lot of companies actually, they don't just like restock what you return. For example, Amazon, they, some stuff they throw away and some stuff they just auction away in like big crates. Big boxes, yeah. Uh, with just like tons of random stuff, which whoever buys that crate will probably end up throwing away half yeah. of the stuff because it's just Do you random. really need everything? So, yeah. yeah, maybe like in that case, you can give it to a friend or sell it online or something like that. Okay, great. Um, so we've talked quite a lot about the solutions, um, the individual processes that you can do and decisions that you can make every day. Are there any emerging trends that you see from your experience in helping others um, adapt to a more sustainable lifestyle or are there any feedbacks that you get from your audience at Spark? Yeah, um, yeah, actually quite a bit. I think something that a lot of people has brought up is just changing to a green electricity contract. Because that is just so easy, but it's something people hadn't really thought about. And it, actually, if you in the Spark Carbon Donut uh, put in like that you have a green electricity contract, your uh, electricity emissions just like disappear from the donut. So it's kind <laughs> of like a nice thing for people to just notice that. Um, but uh, otherwise, I think a lot of people have like uh, started having more open minds towards uh, vegetarian food and people realize that for example things like bicycling is actually like it's become a bit trendy like you know mm -hmm. you're like cool if you bicycle it's healthy like it's like it's a whole lifestyle it's um so yeah i think i think a lot of people are a lot more aware of this than only like uh, a few years ago and and yeah and thrift shopping is another trend mm -hmm. like it's cool to have vintage um, so yeah, uh, one of like Spark's like sort of slogans is like we're trying to make climate smart living the next big thing, and, and <laughs> I, like yeah, I like that. It's yeah, it's really about like you know realizing that uh, like making these choices doesn't make you into like some weird tree hugger. You're just <laughs> like you know you're a normal person living a good life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, what are Spark's like next plans or, or, or goals for the for the near future? Um, so we are currently uh, looking for investors to hopefully build an app so to make like the whole carbon donut and like tracking your emissions even uh, easier like we haven't even started like actually sort of designing the app so 
probably will be at least a year before that happens. And then actually this week we had our first discussion night. So we hosted like an evening with a few panelists and like a group of 40 people and everyone could sort of ask questions and so on. Um, so creating this sort of community and, and these events where people can together reflect on these things because like all like sustainability is complex like we can't yeah. get away from that from that and then providing people sort of with a good space of like exploring that and and learning and reflecting on their own values um yeah like can really help motivate and and when you have that we're doing it together sense it's easier to do yeah i think this is one of the biggest challenges and it's getting the information to people so that they can realize it because a, a lot of times people don't even know and so that's yeah. what I think is so cool about your guys's website and, and carbon uh, donuts. So, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really yeah. sounds like you're building a community, um, and it's not only in Finland. You brought it to London as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, we're hoping to to like make the carbon donut like country specific to like a few different European countries as well in the future. So, we're looking for EU funding for that. So, yeah, make That'd it more exact. That would be very useful yeah, for, would. for all of us. Yeah. Um, so a lot of what you're saying in terms of solutions, it sounds like it depends also a lot on um, institutions because yeah. you can switch to renewable electricity if it's available. You can bike if there is infrastructure. Um, so what do you think needs to happen for sustainability on a bigger or a global scale to be achieved? I think uh, the thing is uh, with things like climate change and sustainability there is no like one size fits it all solution uh, and it needs to happen on different levels and I think you're absolutely right that like you know if there is no local food available in your supermarket how are you going to buy local food mm. uh, but I think it's like an interaction between different systems so obviously like uh, political voting and then just like you know if you always choose the locally produced carrots in your supermarket then they're going to start stocking more of that so it's sort of a like bottom-up effect obviously um but i think we can't we can never ignore the like immense power of uh, both governments on and like cities have a really big role as well um and also multinational corporations so uh, but yeah, I think it's up to all of us to push these institutions mm -hmm. to make these changes. Okay, I think that's a pretty good way to wrap up and to just emphasize that if we change our consumption habits, um, it will have a drastic effect on our environmental footprint as yeah. individuals and as a whole. Yeah. Especially um, as urban population is supposed to be doubling by 2030. Insane. So yeah. our habits definitely need to change. Yeah, yeah. no, it's true. Um, thank you so much for being here, Felicia. It was really nice talking to you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Green Minds at Imperial College. Check the show notes for our website and links to everything we talked about today. And don't forget to hit subscribe to stay up to date with all our episodes.